my partner's like, I'm going to try it. Cause he has like 10% body fat. Oh my gosh. It's like, he works out a hundred yeah. times a day, you know, like You're he like, was well, an ex working, working for him. You're like yeah. this is, this is how it is. So he's like, I'm going to try it. But I got to the point when I was pregnant where I was like this much mercury. Mm. Like he's obsessed. He would eat asparagus and salmon all day. And so then when we did our blood type, they're like, actually that doesn't feed your body, uh, even though it's healthy, but it doesn't feed your body. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting seeing like all the different fruits that you can't eat. Like you can't right. have blackberries or strawberries, and I love those. Oh, I want to like, try this one. Yeah, because it's just curious. Only because your body basically will digest what it can. Uh-huh. And if you're having like inflammation, mm-hmm. it could be that you do white rice instead of quinoa, mm-hmm. like something so small. It's true, but it's like everyone's like one man's feast is another man's indigestion. Everyone has a different body chemistry, so you really have to eat for what works for you versus someone else. It's so true. And even if it's a sibling, I think then they can still have differences. And everyone's like, oh, well, we're related. I'm like, that doesn't matter as much anymore. Exactly. Forever, I guess. Exactly. My siblings can't have cantaloupe, and I find cantaloupe to be one of like the most calming, wonderful foods. Wow, you're probably the only person in America. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) I actually think so. But well, my dad really likes it too. But my siblings cannot (laughs) have cantaloupe. Taylor, we're so excited to have you on the Dilly Dally podcast. So thank you for coming out today on a beautiful Friday. Thank you for having me. We're so excited that we've been able to work with you for a number of years now um, as makeup artist, hairstylist. Um, But we'd love to really explore your creative journey, what you've done before, what you're doing next, everything that's going on in your life. So we have a series of questions. Um, We won't necessarily stick to a script, but let's kind of, let's go way back. So how, when was your first childhood memory where you knew you were going to do something creative with your life? Like what was that spark in that moment? So growing up, I think a lot of people didn't get the tools of makeup. I think it wasn't like there was no YouTube. There wasn't really, it wasn't something you really went to go do your makeup, get your makeup done. Or at a young age, if you went to, I don't know, let's say Mac or you went into anywhere. I mean, at like Dillard's. I remember growing up, we would always go to Dillard's and there would be people there to do your makeup. And, you know, they're like, here's some chapstick because you're 10, 11 years old. My mom, however, though, was like, is this like stunning human. And she would get complimented everywhere we went. And your makeup's stunning, your makeup's stunning. And so for me, I was a toehead. I had no eyebrows. My eyelashes were white. I had white hair. So like I didn't have any features. So I blended in with my skin. Mm -hmm. So when I was in like, when I was like seven years old, my mom would like fill in my eyebrows and she would put like brown mascara on me. And the people, you know, the school would call, hey, your daughter can't wear makeup. My mom's like, that's unfair. She, She can do whatever she wants. She has absolutely no eyebrows. She has no eyelash, like you can't see her eyelashes. And there's such defining features of your face, like your brows right. and your lashes make such a difference. Such a di- And I think we see that more today. And I think it wasn't a thing back then. So when I was in middle school, I was just wanted to explore it more. Mind you, I was an athlete, but I was still very intrigued with makeup. I'm not really a super girly girl. I don't wear like dresses or heels all the time, but... With this aspect, I felt like I learned it young. So my mom taught me everything from primers when I was 13 to eyebrows to eyeshadows, how to blend, all these different things. So when it came to school dances, I would get everybody ready before myself. Oh, you were that girl. I was that girl. Oh, you must have been very popular then. (laughs) Yeah. 
I think just it from a young age, any skill that I had in this industry that people didn't know, I wanted to help out because I think a lot of parents don't, a lot of moms don't. And so for me, it was so cool to learn from her. Then I just kind of took it. I went to school in Arizona. After being there for about a year and a half, I got asked to do different people's makeup, some girls on the Cardinals cheerleading team. So, and I think I charged like nothing back then because I was just like, well, this is just something that is fun for me. I didn't think you could have a career. And so I started doing girls on the Cardinals. And then after about three years, um, I was 21, I came and I was like, mom, will you come with me out to LA? I want to go look at this makeup school, which is mud in Burbank. We went and my mom signed off on me to go there that day. So she really believed in you. Yes. So April of 2023, we signed and then I was starting school in July and I moved out July like first and I started school July 13th. Wow. Was there like a variety of people like in makeup school? Is everything from the super talented to people just getting to makeup or like what were the skill levels and what were the personalities like? So that basically was for film. And to learn how to do set makeup as well as beauty and style hair, but also like how to build your business. Mm -hmm. So it was a four month program that you would go from eight to five. And if you were even one minute late, you would get docked. You were only allowed to be late three times. So, you know, I'm 21 years old. Like I'm rushing there. It's not one of those schools where you're like, hey, I'll bring you a breakfast burrito. Will you give me an A? (laughs) Yeah. So I had to learn quickly the hard way. Um, So yeah, so you would do six weeks of beauty makeup. They would teach you, you know, like how to do minimal. Because I think at this time, that's when YouTube started to come around and you would see these Mm -hmm. people on Instagram and the contour and everything was just extreme. And so from that, it was like, no, that's not reality for TV. That's not reality for a lot of things. So I'm glad I went. And then you did two weeks of hair on how to style hair because there's no cut color just how to get by for a film. And then it was like four weeks of business and you would have to put together like a business proposal and everything. And then six weeks of special effects. And so my special effects was I had to do Fiona from Trek. So, you know, that was, that was interesting. I felt like at the time, that's something I was wanting to explore because that is, if you can do that, your creative mind, it goes to another place. But it's interesting because when I did that, one of the guys, they would have professional speakers come and talk and he did white chicks. Ah, uh And he told me, he's like, Hey, if you want to do special effects, you have about five more years before this is going to become digital. Because everything that we are learning now, they're going to be doing uh, with the computer. Jeez. So it kind of get put into perspective like, hey, you got to figure out something outside of doing that. Yeah, it's going to be replaced soon. Yeah. Jeez. So it would be ever hard to switch from doing like more special effects makeup to someone who you have to make look really natural, whether they're going to an event and they just want to look like an elevated version of themselves or um, on camera. I think maybe if it was the opposite. But for me, I knew faces, you know, how to make people look better. I knew how to do that. So to take this on was something that was challenging and not my norm. But it was something that I was interested in. Like, hey, I did this 
since I was like 13. Mm -hmm. So if I could do this too, that would be crazy. And it would also like expand my career. Yeah. But that's not something I ever ended up exploring after. And I think makeup is so interesting. And hair too, right? It's like everyone has different hair length and texture and the styles they like. But then with makeup, everyone's face is so unique. Everyone's eye shape is unique. Their nose is unique. Their, their like bone structure is so unique. So every single day you're doing something different versus like, I don't know, something that is a very repeatable task. It's anything but a repeatable task. Right. And I think you don't think of that at the time when you're like, oh, I'm doing beauty. I'm just doing this. Or I think you have to sit back and be like, wait, I just did yesterday an African-American and Asian. And a lot of the times working with you, mm-hmm. you your skill set has to be really big in order because you work with every single skin type. Mm-hmm. You work with acne. You work with African-Americans. You work with white people. You work with Asian. And so and I, different ages and all different ages, different types of makeup styles. It's true. It's true. So I think work when I came to work with you, even though I'd been doing this for years and I did fashion shows and stuff, it is you think you're like, okay, this is going to be a minimal makeup shoot. You know, that's what you say in all of your emails. It's going to be actually way more complicated. But also you're like, okay, but this is five different skin types, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so you start to learn okay, even if you make them look the most natural, sometimes that's the hardest on a skin type you don't know. Right, because sometimes it's easier just to cover and cover and cover. And Yeah. I mean, I respect your work very well, so much, because I think just putting on my makeup every day on the same face is is more than a challenge. But, (laughs) like, how does Taylor do it? How does Taylor do it so quickly? Yes, I think just by practice. And also... Before what I did learn in school is when somebody comes to you before they sit in your chair, Mm -hmm. look at their features. So that way it's a fast situation. Yes. And you're not sitting there and you're like analyzing, well, are they this skin type? Are they this? You kind of just have to have that niche Mm -hmm. and you have to know in order to uh, really expand your career at a fast pace. Because a lot of the times in the fashion show world, you have 15 minutes. Oh yeah, that's fast. If that. I'm glad you said that because I've said that to a few people before. I used to work a lot, never in makeup and hair by any means, but I would help manage the backstage of fashion shows and people would come in with, they would be coming in from like another shoot. They would have like black sparkle up to their eyebrows. Like, I don't even know, like the most like painted face on from another show. And then it would be, you know, stripped, putting in makeup and it would be in and out in 15 minutes plus getting dressed. Yeah. So fast. And I've been telling that to a few people like, that's just not, that's, that's Hollywood portrays it that way. But it's really, I was like, no guys, for, for four years, there's some really fast paced workers out there and it's just in and out and go. I've seen people dye their hair and in, like instantaneously. Instant. It's, it's people are so, and a couple of times it is two or three people working together. Um, but I'm glad you said that because a lot of people think that that's a, a made up story, which is anything but. Anything, but I mean, I think you even see it sometimes like with the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. when you have Mm -hmm. like J-Lo or you have Shakira and they come out in one outfit and then all of a sudden they're in a whole other outfit. And it's, that is the fashion show world Mm -hmm. is you, each designer wants something different. Yes. And sometimes there's four designers for one show. Mm -hmm. And so you have four looks in a matter of 15 minutes that they walk down. And so I think that like it, there, it is so cool that there's so many different options in this career. And I think a lot of young people don't know 
like how to make a career from it? Mm-hmm. Or am I just going to be a social media makeup yeah. artist? Yeah. And I think there is so much more. So to talk more about that, I think um, a lot of people are commenting on the difference between a social media makeup artist and then a professional makeup artist. And some people draw the line at if you're, you have your own YouTube channel, your Instagram or TikTok, and you're constantly just making up your face, but and then other people are saying you're a professional if you do more than just yourself, but you are doing those different skin tones and ages and bone structures. Um, so tell me more about that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, they're, they're both they're both incredible and talented, but there is a difference there. I think when it comes to the big difference is one of them, my job is to make other people feel better about themselves. Like, I don't do me. You know, it's I'm I'm not walking into a shoot and it's about me. Mm -hmm. I think not saying there's anything wrong with social media, because I think if I could have done it over, I would have taken social media a little bit more serious Mm -hmm. in my day to day routine to teach people to help them, especially when I had the tools and like the people that I was working with that was able to make that happen. I don't think in my mind that necessarily is my personality is to be in front of a camera all day and like looking at myself and doing myself Mm -hmm. because I think for me where I find the most joy is doing other people the difference about a social media makeup artist and somebody who really works on set is they're probably amazing at doing their own face they do their makeup constantly in front of a camera but but are they artists would you consider them to be an artist I do consider them to be an artist Mm -hmm. I think it's takes a skill to do some of the work that I've seen on social media, especially when it comes to Halloween makeup. Oh, it's incredible. Like people are transformative, transformative. There's this one makeup artist who I know who does both and her name's Allison and she lives in Arizona and she does makeup that is on people and I've worked with her multiple times and she's unbelievable at doing everybody else's makeup and she can body paint her entire body. Wow. To be somebody different. So she must be really flexible if she can. Oh, everywhere. I mean, she does. She's done every character. She's unbelievable. So she's one of the few people that I can really say that can do herself on camera Mm -hmm. and be that creative and have that creative mindset, but also be so good with other people. Mm -hmm. Those are many skills. I've never seen something like it. So speaking of skills, have you ever thought... If you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? So I think in my past, it would have been, I would have loved to like listen in on people because I would think I was nosy. You know, I'm like, I'm curious. Like, what did they actually think? Did they really like their well, makeup? You probably blah. hear a lot of things on set too because you know, people right. are you know, chatting oh, and it's networking, all the things. All the things. Passing time. In today's world, since I have two kids and a partner and I feel like I've been pulled in a million different directions, I would love to fly. Ah. If I could just fly and get where I need to be, and I could do, I'm a multitasker. I think that is a strong suit of mine. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if I can't do everything, then it's like frustrating for me. But I'm like, if I could just fly there. I could get that done and I could do everything I need to in a day. Especially in LA, you could could shorten your day by half a day. So how do you balance being a mom of two and... And your career, like how is that? I think a lot of people are having questions and a lot of this podcast too is giving advice to people that are either pivoting in their career or they're starting off their career and they know they're creative what they're doing. But a lot of people have been coming up saying like, how do I balance relationship? How do I balance being a mom, a dad, friends, all of it? So I think 
I had my first kid during the pandemic. So I was fortunate that I had a year pretty much of being a mom and, you know, nothing was open and I could take that time to just nurture care and like give her everything she needs in life. Mm -hmm. So once she hit, you know, and I never had a nanny and once she hit about a year and a half, I felt more comfortable to be like, okay, let's put her in daycare and let's give her four hours a day. She's still to this day only at four hours a day. Um, and then when I got pregnant with my second one, I was stressed. <laughs> How would you not be? <laughs> because that's a lot. Even if you plan it, mm-hmm. you don't plan jumping from one to two is jumping from one to five. Mm-hmm. And I have the easiest baby in the world. But when I first gave birth to her, I looked at him and I was like, I had kids to be a mom, mm-hmm. not to have somebody else raise our kids. But how do you balance and not feel guilty that you had a baby during the pandemic? So you gave this kid, the first one, a year of your full Mm -hmm. attention. You didn't have help. You didn't get a nanny. It was all you, you know, you and your partner. And then now you're back to real world. And there's a whole life out there. And you're supposed to balance this kid. But also you're like, I want to give you everything because I was able to give that to the first Mm -hmm. and they're very different times like navigating it very different times and like now do you feel like we're kind of like back to the hustle of LA do you think it's different I think a lot of people work from home a little Mm -hmm. bit more uh in this career I don't really necessarily think for me you can Mm -hmm. um but what I kind of found is that it's not a guilty thing to be able to work and that your love and attention and everything you can give them it's just as much as if you had him for 12 hours or four hours mm-hmm. in a day. Good to have. And I think getting that mindset of, hey, like they're loved, they're cherished, they're obsessed with you, you're they're everything. Just because you had 12 hours a day with one kid doesn't mean that because you only have four with this one that there's even, mm-hmm. that there's a less of a bond. That's yeah, not apples to apples. No. And every kid is different. And I honestly think for me, what I'm fortunate in this career is there's a lot of times that I've brought my kid and I've brought her cause I'm like, I have the easiest baby yeah. in the world. But like, if you want me, this is like, she's around. This, this is me. This is, but me. it shows that you're a good mom because you have a good baby. Yeah. Yes. And we still don't have too much help. I'm still at that phase of we're fortunate. Like my partner, he is a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. So he travels and he's also a business consultant for positive living leadership Amazing. in the work environment. So he travels, but he's, when he's home, he's home. Mm-hmm. And he's so I think working with your partner and being like, Hey, I have this, I have this, I have this, what's your thoughts? And I think at the end of the night, every day we come together and we have That's this good. discussion. Mm-hmm. How reset? Because I think the biggest balance is, not only work, not only being a mom, but being a partner Mm -hmm. and how, if you are a lawyer, I'm just saying like a lawyer and you're a CEO of a company and you come together and you have a kid. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times with those two high profile of jobs, something's going to lack. And I think at the end of the day where we come together is we have these conversations of Mm -hmm. were your needs met? How did Mm -hmm. you feel? Hey, tomorrow I have this and this, are you going to be able to take over? You're checking in on each other and you're finding yeah. that like balance of like, maybe you have a busier week and then he has another busier week following. 
right how can you you work together and 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 have that genuine partnership yeah and then if we need the help we have the help Mm -hmm. and I think that's what we came to it's not you're not bad for needing help no or you doesn't make you less of a a bad word it's not at all it's not and it it takes a long time to get there but once you get there you it it just all flows so if you were to get on a zoom call with 18 year old Taylor Maybe not necessarily help that you would give her, but advice. Like, what advice would you give to 18-year-old Taylor? I would say the best thing that I did was I moved to Arizona by myself Mm -hmm. and not knew one person. So I would sit there and say, I'm proud of you Mm -hmm. because you left Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is kind of a black hole if you go to college there, which they do try to get you to stay. (laughs) If you have a better than a 2.5 GPA Uh in high school and better than an 18 on your ACT, you can go to college for free your first semester and you have to do better than a 2.5 that and you can it's like guaranteed you know moving forward Mm -hmm. but if you do worse then you can never get the scholarship back and I think I looked at myself and was like I'm worth more than this Mm -hmm. so if I were to tell 18 year old Taylor I would say like I'm proud of you you made a life for yourself. Mm -hmm. And even though I didn't, you know, we had this conversation of, I didn't go to college for four years. I didn't graduate college because I left to pursue makeup. Mm -hmm. And how do you have two kids and you tell them, Hey, I want you to go to college. I want you to go get this degree. And then they look at you and say, well, mom, you didn't go. But everyone has their different path too. It's like, you knew your path and you knew your passion, your skill set. And then not only did you move to Arizona, you moved to LA. You know, right. That's an even bigger stepping stone. All by myself. And I think that's what I had that conversation with my partner of, hey, I feel like we succeeded. I feel like I succeeded because I became a badass makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Moved to LA, did all these things that was independent that I think is my story is going to teach my kids so much. Oh, and they're going to look up to you so much because yeah. the fact that you can do something on your own. And I mean, we all know there's people that... Yes, some people are intimidated to go to parties alone. Some people are intimidated to move to a new city alone. And then we also know some people that are intimidated to go to a grocery store alone, which is a whole different story. But when you have that alone time, whether it's for five minutes a day to meditate or it is like picking up and moving to a new city and not knowing anyone, I think that's when you step into your true self and you realize it's less of how you're perceived, but like what is your genuine perception of yourself, not what everyone are doing. So I give you a lot of credit for doing that because most people don't. Thank you. They try and like take their, you know, wagon of people with them and create a posse. But I think sometimes you lose sight of who you are. It's so so true. And you have to go through those alone times. And I think that's what I found is, you know, I'm not saying when I moved at 18, I was like the happiest person. I was so depressed for Mm. a solid three months. But I, I remember I went down after a month to the leasing place that I was living in. And I was like, hey. I want to go home. And she's like, I'm going to give you three months and I'll let you break your lease. Wow. But if you turn away right now, you're going to regret Ooh. this. She was looking out for you, you know, and saying, yes, you will get through this. It's not easy to pick up and start and be in a new place. But yes. You did it. You toughed and it out. I think that is a huge thing for anybody and for moms and for people is a lot of the times, like even me being a mom, if my kid came at 18 and was like, mom, I hate it. Like, I want to come home. You can't help but be like, I'll help you move everything. Right. But then I'm like, no, this woman saved me by Mm. being like, you're better than this. There's something to say about tough love that sometimes it's the best love. Right. And it's hard. It's very hard to witness it, but it it makes you stronger. It's so true. Yeah. 
So if someone comes up to you and says, Taylor, what advice would you give to me? I'm an aspiring makeup artist. I just landed in LA. What should I do? Is there a playbook or is there not a playbook? So one, you can reach out to different agencies um, and see if they are hiring for makeup artists. That is one way to get in. There's NFL Network. They are constantly hiring. Um, Their schedule is very demanding. Reality shows. Mm. There's a lot that you can find when it comes to that. You just have to understand in the beginning, you're not going to be paid what you're going to get paid in 10 years. And I think that is what's hard about it is that you it takes up a lot of your day, a lot of your time. And you're not going to get to the payment that you want immediately. You're going to be hustling. But to be able to build that profile, you never know who's in the door. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing is you just land here. I would get in touch with every agency that you can. I would reach out to people who are models on Instagram. Like, hey, can I do a trade for print? Mm-hmm. Um, Great idea. Yeah. A lot of people, I think, were back in the day like trade for print. But I would say more so now like, hey, can you send me this? Mm-hmm. Doesn't need to be like a social media thing. But can you, even, even if you post me, whatever. But a lot of the times with Instagram people like that, they are actually the cheapest. So it's like they're spreading and they need content and content is king and so it's interesting. I was in Arizona last week and this was, I am 10 plus years into being a makeup artist and somebody reached out to me to work the Maxim event out there. She mm-hmm. wanted two days, one night before and then the next day she wanted me to do it for her red carpet event and then go onto the red carpet. Okay. And she was like, I gave her my price and she was like, Usually I don't pay more than a hundred to 150 for glam. Oh wow. And I said, and she's like, can we, can you come down on your prices and I will post you on Instagram. And I wrote her back so nicely. Hey, if you're looking for a deal, not the person because I've been in this industry long enough. It's just, you know, you start to learn your value and you know, have to know your boundaries too and your parameters. Cause they, even if they met someone else who's willing to do that, you need to understand, like, what is your business model? Right. What are your parameters? What are you willing to say yes to? What are you willing to say no to? And you don't have to take every job and you don't have to be desperate. So no, you're paving the way that way. And I think working with agencies is kind of the way to go in the beginning because they usually will leave an agency, go to another agency. It's good to get your foot in the door. You meet everybody on set. Everybody's in the creative mindset that you're in. And so that would be my biggest advice was to... Get in contact with as many agencies as possible and see if anybody's hiring. If you could have one makeup product in your kit, what would it be and why? Or even three. Okay, let's do three. I think I would have definitely mascara. Mm. I think everybody needs mascara. Is there a certain mascara brand that you love? No, I use grocery store. Oh, okay. Yeah, I use Maybelline. I don't think you need to spend too much on mascara. That's one product that I don't think. For skin, mm-hmm. I do believe in foundation, and I use the Charlotte Tilbury. Okay. Um, I think that she's just kind of perfected her line right now. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely say eyebrows. However, I have mine ombre powdered, so I don't necessarily need that for me. But um, I think everybody could get away with just eyebrows, mascara, and a little bit of like... You don't need to do full foundation, mm-hmm. but just like a little bit of something because it goes under your eyes. It's 
Yeah. It helps everything. It's true. It kind of like evens out skin tone, redness, all the things. Everything. So I think in a day-to-day, those are like the three products that I would say even taking my daughter to school and like, okay, I have to have my brows. Mm-hmm. I have to put some mascara on. You define your face. <laughs> yeah. Like I have to look a little bit something, even if it's 8 a.m. And that's... And people that are born with like blessed lashes and brows as in like they're like full and voluminous, like they get away with, they don't have to wear any makeup. It's, it's it's mean. It's it is mean. It is cruel. I'm like I'm like they probably have an extra thirty minutes to sleep every morning, and that's why they're so healthy. It's ah. so true. Fortunate people. What about you, Rogers? As we sit here talking about mm-hmm. makeup, beauty. life, beauty, all the things. Well, so my main question is, I'll preface it. So you were saying that in makeup school, um, you like were given the advice that. Um, the special effects will probably special effects makeups will probably be non-existent in five years. Um, and so with the advent of that, in addition to like Instagram filters and TikTok filters, where you can make yourself like have have wing winged um, eyeliner, whatever. Um, do you think that you're part of the last generation of makeup artists? If so. Uh, or if not, why, or just... Okay. That's a great question. I would say we are definitely not the last generation for the beauty industry. It is unfortunate that there is so much filters, but I think with anything, everything starts to die down eventually. But I do think when it comes to skincare, when it comes to beauty products, when it comes to all these things, they are sticking with the generation. Everything is becoming organic. Everything is coming better for your skin. Everything. Mm -hmm. They are staying so true to what's going on in today's society to make people be aware, but also to make people be successful with it. I don't see Instagram being a thing in five years. Mm -hmm. I see it going away. I think there's going to be always be something that's going to be bigger and better. And I don't think social media will ever go away. Do you think people will interact more with each other in person? Because that's such a different part of makeup too, is whether you're going to a job interview, you want to go to a special dinner, or you just want to look like an elevated version of yourself or it's skincare and you just want to feel healthy and take your skin as your largest organ. I think it's always going to be something. I think makeup will always stay relevant. And I think that's what's so fortunate about, I think that's one of the best qualities about makeup is that it is a self-esteem booster. I think the filters and Instagram is the opposite. Mm. I think you don't have a lot of self-esteem if you constantly have to edit your stuff and you have to feel like you're this person on social media. Mm-hmm. And I think when you come down to it and you go to dinner and you go see your friends or you go to like, that's you. Yeah. That yeah. is the person that you're looking at in the mirror. That's not the person that people are seeing on social media. And people want the real you. They want yes. the in-person you, the authentic you. I think that's what's kind of unfortunate with today's society, but we talk about all the time, will you let your kids have social media? And that is a question I get all the time, especially going from, you know, I lost a lot of followers whenever I had a kids because mainly, you know, men are like, okay, Mm. she's taken, she's out. But that's a question. Like, will I let people, you know, let my kids have social media and, I just think it's something that you would have to manage so much because it is 
the filters and the way that people are on Instagram and the way that kids dress at 12 years old now. Anyone can find you. Anyone can find you and the TikTok dances that they do and it's stressful. Oh, it must be so stressful as a mom. It's stressful and having two daughters, I think the main thing is I will let my kids wear makeup. Mm -hmm. I will let my kids have do whatever they need to do to build them up but there will not, not be social media, social media. Mm-hmm. and there won't be filters and there won't be anything like that. No. You have a great perspective on it all and so many props to you for just being a hardworking person. You've always been amazing to have on set. Oh, and you. what we love about you is you're always confident. Like you walk in, you can take on a challenge and, and very few people are like that. So you should Aww. be proud of yourself just the same way you would tell the 18 year old Taylor that you're proud of her too. So Thank you so much so, for having me. And where can me. people find you on your social links or websites? So my Instagram is just my name, Taylor Ruffin. And same with my TikTok. Awesome. So same, Taylor Ruffin. Amazing. Well, thank yes. you, Taylor. Thank Thanks you for, for having, having me. Thanks for having podcast and sharing your story. And so many people are going to love to hear it. So thank you awesome. so much. Thanks for having me. Amazing.